All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to In Between the Record. Once again, I'm your host, John. I'm here with a highly esteemed, highly revered individual who doesn't read books. He stares at until he gets the information he wants. Mr. Parks, how you doing this evening? <laughs> I am doing great. And I do read books. Um, quite famously, when I left uh, Florida, I gave away, gave back to a, uh, 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 like a, a local company, um, my books, half of my collection. And I got over $3,000 in credit, which I then just gave to them and said, I'm not going to ever take it. So I do read books. I read books. Um, currently have about 850 to 1,000 in my collection. I've read them all, most of them twice. So there you go. I read. I read. Me, on the other hand, I have uh, Audible, and that takes quite good care of me on my commutes back and forth from work. Uh, I have a little bit of a book collection, but nothing, nothing near what you have. But I also I, I enjoy uh, a little bit of literature uh, here and there. But uh, you know, <laughs> God said, "Let there be light." Paula said, "Say please." Um, so basically, what I, we're doing I, today. Is well, that... I just, just want to say, I just want to say that I'm really proud of my wife. Uh, when I met her, she didn't ever read, and now she is kicking it at 100 some odd books this year. Wow. Like I cannot wrap my head around how much she reads. Mind you, she hasn't worked on any of her blankets that she was knitting for other people uh, at all. But uh, yeah, like over a hundred books she's read this year. She is a book worm. I'm worried about her eyesight, but uh, but yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. Um, I st- stopped reading a lot of books um, in, during the pandemic, um, so I've only read probably forty books this year. Um, but most of the books I read are one thousand pages, eight hundred pages, or or pretty hard to get through. So potato potato. And so maybe we should start a uh, book suggestion. Uh, you know, every other week or every two weeks when we finally post a podcast, maybe we should uh, recommend a book. Like this week, we recommend the Lee Scaling Codex, Breaks, Breakthroughs in the Understanding of Coral Castle by R.L. Poole, 1595 on Amazon. Wow, yeah. And uh, at the very end, I'll give my... Uh... I'll give uh, a suggestion of my uh, my most favorite book, my most favorite series. There's four books in the series, um, and we'll uh, we'll go from there. I think that's a great idea. So, rock and stockin'. So let's get talking about that Coral Castle, uh, a place oh, that sure. I visited, and I know you visited too. Uh, mm-hmm. It's down in good old South Florida, uh, in Homestead. Great place to take a girlfriend it, on like a date. It's a it, great date place. It is. It is because it's one of those things where, like, you you experience it with the person that you're with, um, yeah. whether it be going ahead and and there's this little like turntable gate that you can go ahead and quite literally push with your finger and it it, it moves. I think it was eight uh, tons. Not anymore, because well, the, the the eighties they it it, it it broke somehow, and the eighties they no one knew how this this. Nine ton, I believe it was nine ton door was literally so precisely balanced that a breeze can, will cause it to swing open, and a small child can push it with their pinky, and this gigantic 
door made out of sedimentary rock, limestone, quarried, sculpted right from the ground that this man lived on in the 1920s. And not only that, there were so many other sculptures, but it broke in the 80s. The caretaker, the society that is overseeing the museum and keeping it going, and it's still there to this day, Homestead, Florida, uh, tried to fix it. When they pulled it up, there was a ball bearing and there was a Coke bottle cap, and it was so precisely engineered that when they tried to fix it using engineers, it, it, it never worked the same way again, which is just a testament to this, this guy who, according to the record, was five feet tall and 100 pounds. And I, I, I remember coming here for the very first time back in the 1980s. I dare say I was probably six or seven, which means it's 1986, 1987, somewhere in there. And, and I remember being like, this is so cool. Now, now when I returned in, in the 2000s, and currently it's closed due to COVID, yeah, COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, when I returned in the 2000s, it was much smaller than I remember it. Uh, of course, I was tiny back then. Um, but it, it was still absolutely incredible. So let's 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 talk about where this thing is, and what exactly is Coral Castle. Um, now, now if you if you yeah, if you can go ahead and close your eyes, people, because you're only hearing your voices. You're not seeing you know you know what what we see and what we know. Um, imagine you know walking up and you see the sign that says you know you know ten cents entry fee. You know, and you didn't have to pay that even back in the 19, you know, when, when he was alive in the 1950s. Uh, I remember, I think I paid, we paid like a $2 entry to get in. And, um, it, and so you, you, you enter through this gate and the gate now is, is no longer gated. You no longer can go ahead and swing it. It's, it has a gate around it. They enter through this gate. You have this like two story, like square castle building. Uh, when you come in, you have like a a, a big like crescent moon shaped uh, like statue. You have an obelisk. You have a working rocking chair, where they're facing apart from each other. This is all. This is all made of oolite. Get to oolite in a second, so that you can have an argument with your you know significant other and still rock you know apart from each other. You have blocks that, if you've ever been to Stonehenge or if you've ever been to a lot of other megalithic places, the eyes of what you would see at Stonehenge, um, they're lifted on top of each other. Uh, there's, and it's, it's, it's all made of limestone. Now, as I said, he made it out of oolite. Now, oolite is a upper surface limestone. So it's not limestone. You're going to find eight hundred thousand. Sedimentary rock. Down. Yeah, it's a sedimentary rock, right. and you find you find it within probably the first twenty feet to thirty feet to forty five feet of the soil. So this little very man. Very spongy, very porous. Yeah, and and when and when it's when it's wet, you can you can cut it um, fairly easily, um, depending on on what it's what it's made out of. But but when you pull it out of the ground, it is basically like little circles of rock. That have been cemented together via the calcification and the constant raining and up and down motion of the water table. 
and the calcium then leaches into the rocks, slowly spreads them and cements them together. So this little man, this little five foot tall man that had tuberculosis, they say, twice, he weighed 110 pounds with his clothes on after a rainstorm with no freaking rain jacket. He made this over the course of so almost 30 people. years. Um, and he 28 made this, years. Yeah, and he moved two million pounds of oolite with no major machinery. He not only did that, he also... For great education. Yeah, he also built it and then moved it. Um, so it could be on the, on the road that it is now, basically Old Dixie Highway. Um, and he moved it. So this, this, this place was built, set up, and then he moved it uh, all by himself. Nobody knows how he did it. Nobody recorded how he did it. Nobody saw him do it. And it's no, too... He made sure he did it all in secret. He yep. wouldn't let anybody see him work. And there's been some, some, some witnesses that have said some pretty far out things about what they saw when they snuck up the property while he was working. Uh, one of which was one of the, the guys that helped move the coral from the, the original location to where he is, where the Coal Castle now on US 1 um, in Naranja, or the major city. And they said that they, they snuck in, he only worked at night, and they said that they saw him levitating the stone between these two tripods. And people to this day think that he, not that he had some kind of magical power, but rather he understood the, he, it wasn't supernatural, it was more magnetism. He understood how the earth worked. And through his, his two magnets, his two batteries, he was able to make the stone so malleable and so light that he could essentially lift it himself. Well, to, to, to also say about a battery, um, he has a battery on property. And, okay, yeah, 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 okay, well, how do you make a battery, Wallace? Well, it's easy. He has a pool, and the pool is, is, is the bottom of it is, is covered in graphene. And so if you put a metal on top of that, um, like aluminum or steel or what have you, then you get a, and you fill it full of salt water, you get a ready-made battery. So, like, to, to say that, you know, oh, you know, he, he had two batteries and you know, two magnets and he was moving stuff around, ha, 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 that's crazy. No, the proof is in the pudding. He had something that could easily power it without, without ever going to, you know, Florida Power or Light um, to go ahead and get the electricity. Mind you, he's starting this in 1920, so it's 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 not like he is. Uh, tools weren't available. Yeah, it's just like, like this. For one yeah. man, absolutely not. So so remember, we we're talking about that 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 door. Um, that door is incredible. You know, I remember pushing it. Um, I could it, my pinky didn't push it. By the way, I had to use two fingers. I was young. I was like seven. Um, but uh, when they did move it in 1986, they had to use a 50-ton crane to go ahead and move that door. Um, so, and that's 1986. He made that door in 1920, without a crane, with, without no mortar. else. No mortar. Like, no mortar. Everything, everything is, is, is done by gravity, so it rests on top of each other, and it's seamless. You can't put a piece of notebook paper 
in between, you know, the cracks. Um, the zero light passes through any of the joints. Yeah. I, I, so you, you, you get this situation where, you know, this man was, was charged to go ahead and build Coral Castle. Um, he has a telescope where he looks at the North Star. Um, he has obelisks. He has he has a, the castle part where he lived. Um, Barbara, he had a, a, a polar telescope, sundial, mm -hmm. an obelisk, barbecue, water well, fountain, yep. celestial stars and planets, and numerous pieces of furniture, the heart-shaped table, uh, table-shaped floor, of, uh, uh, shaped in uh, Florida, 25 rocking chairs, and I, you know, I love going to this place because you sit on these, these, these rock chairs that you are just horribly uncomfortable, and yet you sit on it, and it perfect, almost perfectly conforms to your body, and you can literally, if you just start rocking, the, the chair begins to rock. It's, it, I mean, it just blows your mind. And you're, you're, you're sitting on a, on a chair that weighs in my estimation, a ton, a ton and a half. It's, yeah, it's, it's, a, we're talking four yeah. inches, five inches wide of these legs. And and you're sitting on it, and you you can bob your head back and forward slowly, and you will rock like it's a real rocking chair. And it's and it that perfectly balanced. It's, a, it's it, insanity. That's the thing that baffled people, is how did he know how to balance these rocks so precisely? He has a 30-ton stone wall that he lifted, carved, cut, formed, and, and placed by himself. There's a 9-ton revolving 8-foot gate that we came up earlier. 9 tons and 8 feet tall. The man was 5 feet tall and 100 pounds, 110 pounds of flat that you could push with your finger. And it would revolve, you know. So these things really make you think. Like, how did this guy do it? Did he know fulcrums like, uh, and levers and or leverage and, and being able to, to move stone with, you know, two by fours and, and, and using a fulcrum? And, uh, or, or did he understand? That where he his position was from where he came from in Latvia to South Florida was the closest point of the the Earth has what's called a toroidal vortices where there's a constant electromagnetic uh, influx and an outflux right so it's constantly go, we're we're basically the, the the Earth is like a big electromagnetic engine. And where his, his, his castle is, is as close as you could possibly get to the electromagnetic expulsion point of the Earth. The other side and, being... And that, and that feeds into, you know, ley lines, etc. And then it also feeds into the, the, the talk of the Bermuda Triangle. Because one corner of the Bermuda Triangle is, is, is a hop, skip, a jump, and, you know, two rock throws away from where Coral Castle is. Um, now, I'm... I'm remembering when I was a kid, and my father said he did this by hand, and I'm going like I I, I couldn't fathom it. So when I went back as an adult, I, there's this L shape, but it's a it's like a, it's a triangular shape with another triangle built into it. Um, it's like L shaped, and then that is sitting on top of a large rock, and that is sitting on top of two other rocks, and that is sitting on top of a wall. 
and the whole ensemble is probably 20 feet high. And so when I, when I went back as an adult, I looked at this and I go, how the bleep did one dude lift a L-shaped rock that probably weighs two to three tons at the very minimum? And I mean that at the very minimum. I'm probably sure it's probably eight or ten tons. Um, up on top of a 15-foot wall. Um, how did he do that? Not only did he do that, he then took it down with no machinery, moved it, you know, 20 miles, and then put it all back up um, to, to rebuild Coral Castle. Um, and I just, I, it, it, if you go, if you research it, if you look into it, and you accept that he didn't use any machinery, and his neighbors said that they never heard machinery to a man. I mean, that could be marketing, but I, d I doubt it. Um, you can see tools when you go into his living quarters. You can see rudimentary gears and, and yeah, like, batteries. And, and one of the tools is a scythe. I mean, like, like really? But then again, like, you, I, you think back and you look, at, you, you look at, you know, what the Aztecs had, and the Aztecs didn't have metal. Stonehenge? Um, yeah, well, Stonehenge is England, but the Aztecs, yeah, the Aztecs didn't have metal. I mean, they, they, they did beat gold and, and may have had copper. But how did they get those giant temples in, in Mexico, in Nicaragua, and, and, and all that? Um, how did they get those temples you know, with, 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 no, with no ability of metal? Well, there, there, there is some sort of technology in here. But, but, but really, like, you also got to think of, okay, so this guy built it. Nobody knows how he built it. But you got to ask yourself, you know, you're this guy from Latvia. Yes, you are. You were taught as a stonemason with a fourth grade education. You come to the United States, you get tuberculosis. You go out west, you beat tuberculosis. That's insane. Nobody beats tuberculosis without medication. And then you, then you wind up in Florida pre-air conditioning. And then you build coral hassle. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? John. He, did it, he, he supposedly did it for his, his wife who left him at the altar. Called her his sweet 16. And it was, it was, I guess, to pay homage to her and to show her that he can accomplish something. He was far greater than your average man. And she never came for him. He continued to build the castle from 1943 to 1951, or that. Never stopped. He, he would have continued building had he not passed away. And he wrote several books mm -hmm. that are pretty interesting. Uh, books on how basically the way a family should be. Uh, the I'm trying to find the name, name of the book. I, I, I'm the type of person that every time I go to Coral Castle, I buy the books and then they end up getting lost somehow. <laughs> I have given away two sets of books from Coral Castle. The pamphlets, it, he gives you the pamphlets. It, some believe that the books are written in code. And if you can decipher the code, you can decipher magnetic current. And what, what he did. NASA have been interested in what he did. Some of the world's most renowned engineers have been interested in what he did. Um, one book's called A Book in Every Home. Yeah. A, 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 good, a good corollary um, to any of you guys who've been to Germany. 
Um, where if you go to the German churches, um, the ones that weren't bombed out and destroyed during World War II, um, if you go to the, 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 the beautiful churches of Germany, um, they have these doors that were made in, you know, 1400 in 1600 in and And they, they are on these hinges that are huge. And these doors are, you know, it, you know, the church was, was, was the fortified place in, in, in the city or in the town. That, that's, you know, they're made of stone. They, you know, they, they have, you know, walls, basically. And, and you, yeah, you can knock out the, the stained glass and then you shoot arrows out of them. That's what they're supposed to do. Um, but they have these doors that are eight to ten inches thick and you can move them with a pinky. It's that sort of insane amount of, of engineering went into Coral Castle. Um, it has been researched by NASA. It's been researched by a lot of people. And, and so, uh, you know, Good old Edward Lee. Oh, God, I messed his name up. Lead. Scalalan. Yes, Scalalan. Um, you know he he had a a fiance, um, and she was sixteen years old. He was apparently ten years her 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 senior, mind you. As I said earlier, my wife is you know ten years my junior, so love yeah, it. Uh, things were different. Back then. Yeah, th- things were different back then. And then she she left him the day before the wedding, um, so he went cuckoo for cocoa puffs. Now, let's 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 talk about you know unrequited love for a second. Um, and I have, I have personal experience in this. Um, there's there's an ex girlfriend of mine who, who remained nameless, who who left. She left, and you know you know her quite well, um, uh, John. Yeah. You, you, met, you met her and hung out yeah. with her on multiple occasions. All of them, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and you know I I, I dearly loved her. Um, still do. Um, I won't stop. Um, I love my wife more, but still the same. I still love this person. And, um, you know, end all be all. Yeah, end all be all. She said, you know, one of the best things you can give somebody is to go ahead and, you know, fold a paper crane with your left hand. Um, and just only your left hand and then give it to them. So when she left, I wanted, and it was very bad leaving she was crying it was it was terrible there's a lot that went into it and but that's neither here nor there i went ahead and folded one thousand paper cranes with just my left hand one thousand not using my right hand not using anything other than my left hand and i sent her a video and i attempted to send her the one thousandth crane um and i sent those cranes all over the united states if somebody left i said here take five cranes put them they went to nepal they, those cranes went to Japan, they went to Norway, Sweden, Australia, New Zealand, um, Vietnam, India, South Africa, Kenya, Ethiopia, Somalia, Uganda. They went with you know people who I knew who went to the military. You know, one was placed in um, Saddam Hussein's uh, like not fortress, but like his his his. One of his palatial, one of his many palatial mansions. One of his mini palatial mansions. I got a, I got a, you know, a a, a camera photo of that. Um, one went to. Oh, you know, a camera photo. Yeah, 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 they sent me a photo of it. One, one, one was placed. One was placed uh, into the the Vatican Library. I mean, on and on and on and on and on. Wow. So, I can understand why someone who gets dumped by the love of his life the day before his wedding would flip and then try to prove to somebody, hey, you know, you should come back because I'm willing to do whatever is necessary in order to make this work. 
Um, I got I got up easy. <laughs> I made a thousand paper. I, I I made a thousand paper cranes with my left hand, and I can still without looking make a paper crane with just my left hand. Um, but this guy he didn't get out lucky. He went ahead and moved two million pounds <laughs> of of uh, of rock. Um, yeah, like like awesome. Quarried and sculpted right from where he was. Now, Florida, Florida has a very low water table. You dig down about uh, six feet, you start hitting rock. You're hitting that limestone. So, and, uh, so I, I think, I, 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 I think, and yes, I'm, I, this is a, this is another aside. Um, but so, those of you who don't know about Florida. Florida, there was a there's a famous uh, map of Florida uh, done right before it became a state, um, and and the map shows what Florida is. Now, if you look at Florida and you see the Panhandle, and then you sort of look where Orlando is, and then you go north of that, and you see Ocala, Ocala, and then north of that, you see Gainesville, University of Florida. Um, then that old map, um, basically in between Ocala and Gainesville. There's a place called Payne's Prairie. Payne's Prairie used to have uh, uh, what call it, boats in it, um, steamboats on it. But Payne's Prairie was where the water started. So from Gainesville, basically south, Florida was water, complete and total swamp water. Um, there's a place that was called the, uh, oh God, what's it called? Crabapple Forest. Now, crabapple is, is it's, it's a pretty disgusting plant. Um, its fruit is interesting um but there was there was a there was a forest that was the size of new york city um just west of lake okeechobee um that had nothing basically but but crab apples um if you look at it if you look at that map you will see that there's three ridges in florida you have the western ridge you have the eastern ridge and then you have the ridge that is called the lakeland ridge which goes through lakeland florida the eastern ridge goes all the way from javel Dershonville, all the way down to fort all the way down past Fort Pierce, all the way into to Homestead. The western ridge basically goes from uh, Perry, Florida, which is like in the armpit of Florida, and it goes all the way down to uh, Jacksonville. Not Jacksonville, excuse me, uh, Tampa. Uh, the Lakeland Ridge goes from roughly, roughly, it's south, but potato, potato, roughly Gainesville, and it goes straight south. Uh, and, then it, and then it curves a little west and goes through uh, Lakeland, and it, and, it, and, it, and it stops just a little bit south of Tampa. Now, interestingly enough, in that Lakeland Ridge, there are desert species because on that ridge it's, it's so parts. high. Oh, yeah, it, on, on, it, on, that, on that top of that ridge, the water seeps through so fast that it does, no, no plants have the ability to go ahead and get the water. And so there's literally, though it rains, you know, 70, 80 inches a year, um, the species that live on the Lakeland Ridge are all desert species. Um, now, on the east side, you have that ridge. Um, and then you have six ridges that go off into the water um, that date back to 10,500 BC, when the water level was you know, several hundred feet below where it is now. And that's why you have the, the coral lines that are on the east coast of Florida, called Coquina. Um, and that's why you have you know, the, the, you know, the Florida Barrier Reef uh, which goes from Port St. Lucie all the way down to the Keys beyond, um, past the Dry Tortugas. Um, and then you have the next one out, which is at 80 feet, then 100 feet, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. 
Um, so when he built this, he built it out of the Oolite, which was you know, a former boundary of where um, the water level used to be. And, um, and that, that is what he made it from. Uh, it, it's fairly, fairly interesting. Um, he only dug down about 15 to 20 feet. Now, it, if you take that oolite and you go up to the, the springs in central northern Florida, um, you can dig down and go past the sand and you can get into a rough equivalent of the oolite and get to the, the spring limestone. And you can write your name with your finger in that limestone uh, while it's still wet. Uh, when you pull it out and it dries, uh, it's concrete. It's, it's just it's concrete. Um, but so from what, from what I'm standing, um, I see that he can go ahead and build this, uh, the oolite that he made it from was larger than what I'm talking about in the Springs of North Florida. And so it was pretty impossible for him to go ahead and, and carve it easily. Um, but he went ahead and did it. Um, now why he had, he had rudimentary tools, he, he had yeah. uh, rudimentary, uh, uh, what we would look at today is like chainsaws, but a, a larger version. He had um, big crane uh, shafts with cranks, uh, but no one knows exactly how he did it because he did it at night in secret. Yep. And when you talk to him during the day, he's very, very outspoken. Polit oh, he political, social, domestic issues. Uh, he's got. He had a book, a book in every home, like I mentioned earlier. Uh, he was very, very, very opinionated on top if he, of his... If he, this is a guy who, if you asked him back when he was giving uh, live tours, um, now my grandfather, uh, George Engel, um, he went on a tour with this gentleman. Um, and, and Oh, wow. I had no idea. Yeah, That's yeah. fascinating. Yeah, he... <laughs> so, so, so my family moved to... Um, to Florida, at least on my mother's side, in 1947, um, two years after my mother was born. Um, my father was here back in you know, 1906, uh, was one side, and 1800s on the other side. Um, but my, my grandfather went to this guy's place, and he was fascinated. That's one of the reasons why I went in the 1980s, because he was like, he kept talking about it, like coral castles and sand. Like, I, I, I can't understand it, I can't understand it. And he was a mason and, you know, potato, potato. But, you know, here's a guy who, did construction for a living and sold furniture for a living and was like, I, I'm good, but I have no idea how he did this. Um, and he said something to me, like he, he asked him, um, you know, how did you build it? And I, my grandfather said, and this is again, 20 years ago, he died in, in 1991 or actually 30 years ago, I guess. Um, he said, it's not difficult if you know how to do it. Um, and 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 I'm I'm like, what, huh? Like, like, what do you mean? If you know how to do it, and, but but it really obviously. isn't. It really isn't. I mean, if you know how to, obviously he you know knew how to, how to do build anything, it. It's not difficult. Yeah, if you if you know how to do it, but then again, you know, how do you do it? You have people in the 1980s, you know, 30 years or 35 years after this guy died, who you know take this you know wheelie dealie. And you know the the gate, and then when they rebuild the gate, it is is not nearly as easy to push as it once was. Is it still it, easy it, to push? It is, yeah, but it's, it's, it's not near. It is immobile now. You cannot push it. You can't move I, it. I re I remember pushing it. 
I I clearly remember pushing. That being said, I, I haven't been in I Florida in ten I years. I went there as recently as uh, I think I went there three years ago. Okay. Well, um, the last the last time I was there was in the the aughts of two thousand. So it was at least at least twelve years ago. It was pre is it pre pre the girl who I was talking about. So it would be thirteen right. years ago, fourteen years ago at the very minimum. I've known you that long. God. I know, right? Um, so I, I think I think the other thing that I want to discuss, and this is another history side, is is you know why do why was this even a thing? Why are people doing anything in nineteen twenties Florida? I mean, who cares? Well, but there it, wasn't much. But the um, Flagler had brought the railways down there not long before Scallon hmm? had moved in. And there really wasn't a whole lot going on in that area other than Miami. Miami was basically touted as a tourist attraction. Uh, really, there was nothing going on at that time. But, but Except it, for pioneers, people willing to deal with the, with the mosquitoes and the heat. And they, they built their houses to accommodate the, the weather. And, you know, they, they were one-story houses, maybe in the attic, and they, there were windows on either side to allow the air to wind to blow through. And these um, are pioneer people. People, people. people outside of Florida would know these as ranch-style houses. Right. It, it just, just that—that's what you would know them as. Um, but, but it goes beyond that. So back in the 1870s, um, a bunch of rich people figured out that there's this really beautiful island in, in southern Georgia called Jekyll Island, um, which really should be another podcast for us. Um, and and we're talking the you know the Rockefellers, you know Rothschilds, the Warbirds. Yeah, the, the formation of the Federal Reserve Bank was, yeah. was devised in Jekyll Island. That's, yeah. That's a war that and and I I <clears throat> I have eaten lunch in that room and I peed on the outside wall of that room. Just just <laughs> it's a true story. <laughs> um, of course you have. God, dude, like ugh, Federal Reserve. But uh, so so these are where the rich of the rich were. Um, the island south, Cumberland Island, where I was a ranger for a, you know a short time, uh, well a long time, but potato potato. Um, that was where the Carnegies lived. Then you go south of that, you have Amelia Island, which is the northernmost island in Florida, and that was where um, if you were mostly rich, <laughs> but not insanely rich, you went to Amelia Island. Now, as you got poorer and poorer, you went further south in Florida for the winter. So uh, let's be honest. Hey, hey guys, when you live in New York, uh, January New York, does it suck? Thank you for saying yes. Hey, guys, in northern Ohio, <laughs> uh, does, 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 does early February in uh, or northern Ohio suck? Yeah, thank you for saying yes. Hey, people in Pennsylvania um, who, who, who live in, in Pittsburgh or, or Philadelphia, um, how, how is January 15th? Yeah, yeah, it sucks, doesn't it? Um, and so these people who, who had vacation because they own their own businesses, they would go down south and spend the winter. Um, today we call them snowbirds. Right, John? Correct. And, man, they need to learn how to drive in South Florida. I'll tell you what. Oh, God. They, 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 they own the damn roads. You know, had a guy, look, I'm not even going to go there. It's just horrible, horrible, horrible. 6.30 in the morning, 10 miles under the speed limit. It's just their vacation land right now. Terrible. And, 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 and people have to get to work. 
And so Florida has three escape hatches. It has uh, it, it has the Western Road that goes through Perry, uh, Jackson over through Perry. It has uh, I-75 and it has I-95. Um, yes, it also has, you know, I-10, which goes from Jacksonville all the way out west. And yes, it, yes, it also has State Road 90 um, and, 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 and what have you. But basically, the only road that was there was Old Dixie Highway and then later US-1, which I think came in in 1950-something. Um, US-1 but, goes all the way up to Maine. Yeah, it does. It, it, it actually, it, it goes really inland here in North Carolina, which is confusing to me. Um, but But if you couldn't afford or didn't want to take the train south to Palm Beach, because West Palm Beach is where the, the servants lived, um, or you went down to, to Miami uh, and you wanted to bring your vehicle, you would have to go ahead and drive. Now, you would drive you know, down Old Dixie Highway, um, which is you know, goes through everything. Uh, people would know it as also 441, um, the same road that goes through uh, uh, Smoky Mountain National Park. To, 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 to put that in, in perspective. Um, oh, I didn't know Dixie went that far. Oh, yeah, 4, 441 goes through, uh, goes through Smoky Mountain National Park. Yeah, true story. Um, goes through so if I wanted to come visit you, I could just literally get on 441 and, and just drive for the next 50 hours. <laughs> yeah, I won it. Because um, <laughs> <laughs> 441 north of, uh, of O-Town. It's nice Orlando, usually drive. It's yeah, horrific. A nice little uh, uh, picturesque you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. All you all you got to do is just uh, put your your vehicle into the, having access to first and second gear, and you'll <laughs> you'll make it all the way to Gainesville. Um, <laughs> but uh, so 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 coming south on Old Dixie Highway, there was a whole lot of you know, just like just like Route sixty six. There was a whole lot of you know, sit by the side or get out of your car, stretch your legs, see something cool for ten cents. Yeah. Uh, that that is that is that is, yeah, and that's that's the reason why you have you know towns uh, which are huge now, like uh, uh, God, what's it called? Uh, has a really big long beaches. They they used to they used to do uh, NASCAR on the beaches. Uh, God, what's it called? Yeah, Daytona. That's why you have Daytona. That's why you have Daytona Beach. Um, that is why you have Wabasso. Um, that is why you literally have Fort Pierce. Um, because that's where you know two roads meet, and and that's why you have a lot of towns on the east coast of Florida because people would drive south, they would need a place to stay, and they would need entertainment because they're five year olds screaming, and right. this is where Coral Castle fit in. It was quite literally the last stop before you hit Miami, and you you get you come off the road on you know two eight six five five south. Two eight six five five South Dixie Highway, Miami, Florida, thirty three oh thirty three. You get off the road, you spend your ten cents. You see this epic stuff that is like pyramid and scape. You spend, I, I realistically, an hour to an hour and a half there. You rock on, you know, a two ton uh, rocking chair. You get back in your car, and then you proceed down to the debauchery, which is Miami. Um, and and this Cold man, Castle is south. Miami. So Cole Castle is in what's now known as Homestead. Homestead yeah. So, that's the so, last stop before the Keys. Yeah, I'm sorry. So, so you head down south to the Keys, um, which back then would have been Key Largo because they hadn't completed the bridge the bridges yet. Um, right. And and so this is, this is, yeah, this is where this fits. He had the right time 
1920s to, to 1950-something, which was people were driving by him constantly. He had the right person. Agnes Skavust left his butt, um, and he, he, got, he got pretty angry about it. He had the right education. The Mason. Um, Stone Mason. Um, he had the, the right mentality. Well, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go. I'm going to show her, and he, he never got to show her because she never came. Um, oh, oh his, his sweetheart, right? Yeah, and and you have the right sensibility of of location, etc. And that is why we know Coral Castle. Um, it is it is truly a place that you should go for, or go to. It's a place that you should see. It's a place that you should rock on that you know opposing rocking chairs with your 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 sweetheart and have a, a fake argument um, with her. And and it's it's amazing. It's it's beautiful, um, and it's it's worth the five bucks. And God dang it, COVID has it closed. Um, yeah, I think it's ten dollars now. Yep. But what we see clearly is a man with strong will and convictions, and he definitely prized self sufficiency and a rigid work ethic. Worked tirelessly to build this castle. And what's fascinating is that you can you can visit it to this day. It's it's there, uh, and it's it's veiled in mystery. You know, there there you could probably build this castle today with modern machinery uh, within a, within a few months. But you gotta accomplish this alone. Basic tools, picks, wrenches, ropes, pulleys. You know. He, 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 Basically, hard work and principles of leverage is what he says he used. Yep. The, tool, the tools he used to quarry the rock, they're there. You can see the tools he used, and it just blows you away. I mean, there's, there's photos of these tripods and fully lunches that he used for the rock, but how do you quarry stone slabs that large? They're actually yep. lighter than they appear because they're porous. I, I get that. But so 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 where does this fit in pop culture? Um, and uh, one of my favorite artists, uh, Billy Idol. Um, yeah, yeah, he had a music video. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, and and Sweet Sixteen, if you guys remember it, uh, it peaked. Oh my God, I don't remember. It was I think in the top twenty, top teens. Somewhere in there, um, back in 19, oh God, I remember hearing it when it came out, so it'd be like, I was 9 or 10, so 87, 88, 89, um, but anyways, he made a song called Sweet 16, and, uh, you know, th th that's about Coral Castle, um, he visited it, you know, in, in the early 1980s, um, and then just wrote the song, and, um, I mean, this is, this is, this is a, this is unrequited love, man. You know, so if you're a teenage girl and you're about to leave your, you know, your 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 boy, uh, just be prepared. Um, your the boy that you leave may just build, <laughs> may just build a castle out of stone, to uh to to woo you back, or they may just you know fold one thousand paper cranes with their left hand, to woo yeah. you back. And uh, you know, if somebody does that for you, you <laughs> probably you probably should go back to them. Yeah, just say, yeah, just say. This is a romantic comedy. It, the life doesn't work that way. Like, it, you know, it's, it's, a, it's sort of chaotic. It, 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 you can make a thousand cranes and 
It's not gonna happen. Yeah, so, and, if you, what, what, and if you're and if you're the girl that I made those cranes for, don't come back. Like I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no, like grass isn't always green on the other side, dude. Oh so god! Something if you just hold off, if you just hold off and work, you know, work hard, keep yeah. striving. <laughs> so, there's gonna be something there for you. Um, oh. So, what, what do we what do we think, folks? What, what do we think about Coral Castle and the and the legend of Edward Scallon? and whether or not he used psychic powers or supernatural abilities to build this castle or just really had this work ethic and understood magnetism and, and leverage and fulcrums and you know all these things to move these rocks i think you know what we're getting at is the the if you use your perseverance and your time and your dedication without waiver you can create the most amazing thing you know, this guy, the, the, when he died, he had the equivalent of 30000 or more, $30,000. I'm trying to find the exact figure. Fortune just, man, no hard time. I, but he, he saved up this money through donations. Yeah. And, 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 and so, and so I, I want to ask you this of you. Um, you know, and then then I'm gonna I'm gonna do re, I'm gonna answer my own question, and then I'm gonna give my suggestion for books, and I guess we'll we'll hang it up after that. How do you think he made it, Sean? Well, first of all, I don't know who Sean is, but uh... John, John, <laughs> so John, yeah. How do how do you think he made it, John? I don't, I don't know, lights. Uh, I think uh... <clears throat> my uncle. Uncle Paul uh -huh. was a big part of my life for many, many, many years. He was a big what? Big part of my life Okay. for, for many, many years. And he, he's a carpenter. Uh, he was a superintendent for a construction company, all about construction, all about building. And he literally sat there for, for years trying to figure out exactly how the man did it the way he did and he swears it's magnets and he swears that the, that the tripods and this is going to sound insane but he swears that the tripods expelled positive neutrons and allowed the limestone to become buoyant he he believed and and, and for many videos online, you can go online, you can research this stuff, that magnets and batteries, if utilized the right way, especially when you're at an expulsion point, electromagnetic expulsion point, you can take positive neutrons and shift them to negative neutrons in the air and essentially, like a vacuum, remove gravity. And so that's what some people think. The tools that he had are, are readily available. I just don't understand how he can move these 30-ton walls and how he can carve all of these different statues or monoliths or megaliths, you know, whatever you want to call them, the, the chairs and the tables and, and the thrones and the bathtub, <clears throat> his water court. He had like a water cistern 
that, that pumped water through. So you had like running bath water. You had like a, a, barbe a barbecue station before barbecues were even a thing. He, it, the monolith that he has, the obelisk, I'm sorry, the obelisk that he has, it, it, it perfectly aligns with the moon and creates a this incredible shape. So it's not just the fact that this man built this castle over the course of 30 years. It's, it's the fact that everything lines up perfectly with these, the stars. Yeah, there's, there's a telescope that looks at the North Star. Um, right. And, and so to, to, to piggyback on what you're saying is, and this is my true and honest belief about it, um, with the tools that he, people said that he used, um, he, I don't think he could have made it with the tools that, he said, that, that people said he used. With the, with the fact that he then moved it, and nobody knows how he moved it, okay, fine. Yeah, you, can rent a, you, can rent a, you, you can rent a U-Haul. No, you can't. Not with, that, with not with that amount of weight. Um, but the end all be all is, for me, is he did it, he built it, and ain't no way in heck that he didn't use some sort of magic or, or batteries or something to go ahead and move those stones. We um, call it magic. You, yeah, you can't... You because can't we don't move, understand it. Yeah, you can't move 30 tons when you're 100 pounds. Correction, you can with enough pulleys, but the amount of metal that you would have to have built around that and the, the, the weight that would be on that crane. And, and when you do a pulley, you know, you're, you're putting weight coming in towards that pulley of, of, a, of a magnitude, of a magnitude, of a magnitude, of a magnitude. Um, th there's no way that he could have done that without knowing something that we don't know. And that is the beauty of Coral Castle. And like, folks, just the fact that he could carve these planes that are perfectly horizontal, rule. So, so you you could take modern day measuring devices, and 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 the slabs that he cut by himself are completely level. It's I, it's beyond. It's beyond. So. So 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 going back to my visit in 1980 something, um, I was asked. Um, by my, my, my by Jeepa, uh, how did he make this? And I said, well, he may have used a chisel. Go to Coral Castle and find a chisel point. Try it. You can't. You can look at, you can look at pictures online. Yeah, you can't. There, there, there is no, there is no chisel point. There is no, there is no well, correction. There may be, but, but it looks like. As far as I I saw, there is no spot where you can see that he took a saw and sawed it, and so you get a flat plane. It just doesn't exist there. It just doesn't exist on on in that property, and so it it, it hit, to me it's amazing how how he built it. Um, I don't know. I don't think I'll ever know. Um, and it is it is as you were saying, it's the eighth wonder of the world. And I was saying before we started this, it ain't the eighth number of the world, but it's definitely 9.5. This is some crazy stuff that you can actually visit and be like, wow, that's crazy. That's beautiful. How did you do that? What, what, what a human being can do. And the hard hands. Yep. With that, I'd say, uh, I'd say we don't have 
we haven't been able to solve this mystery. We won't. Okay. We won't either. <laughs> uh, in between the record is in show where a couple of friends have fun, relax, and discuss the mysterious, unknown, sometimes conspiratorial, sometimes political, sometimes supernatural. And we invite you to listen and hang out, have a good time. I uh, love you. I hope you're having a good time where you're at. I, I hope things are positive in your life and not sending positive energy your way. Alice, if you'd like to stick around. Uh, yeah, uh, thank you for listening. Um, we, we cherish your listeners. Uh, next episode is, you know, could possibly be on Vince Foster, could possibly be on somebody else. Uh, we don't know. Um, however, uh, I said earlier that I was going to go ahead and recommend a book to you. Um, and the book that I'm going to recommend is The White Regiment by John Dalmas. Um, it is the second in a series of four books. You could read the first one, but the first one you probably should read later. Um, this is a book that I reread every year. Um, I read all four books every year. Um, I also read Fight Club every year and two or three other books every year. Um, but it has something called The Matrix of Tessel, T-apostrophe-S-E-L. And it is a good way to live by. It is something that you should look into. Um, and the mentality and the thought behind that book really is a good way to, to live your life. It's called The White Regiment. Um, and it is by John Dalmas. Um, read it, pick it up. It ain't in print, but you can find it on, you know, Amazon, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So pick it up and have a good one. Uh, love you guys. Um, you know, how have you been doing? How have you been? And, uh, you know, the sun came up this morning. And so, you know, there's always hope. So thank you for listening. Thank you for spending the time with us. And I, I hope I'll go ahead and, and be the voice in your ear shortly in the future. Record our next episode. Listen, folks, you can find us on Breaker, Google Podcast, Overcast, Podcast, Radio Public, Spotify, and Copy RS. Don't forget to listen. Don't forget to subscribe. And someday we'll have a, a means of which you can donate. Hope you like this episode. Look forward to hearing from you soon. Have a good one. Good night. Bye.